1: I'd say me and mummy were more like sisters and yeah. you were more like my mum. I would constantly tell my parents, you love Mary more than me. exactly, And you would kind of be like, I'd you're be proud you, of Mary. You're proud Courtney of Courtney more, than, more me. than me. I did feel like my childhood to some degree had been robbed from me. And I turned into a very different person Definitely. because... I was no longer allowing myself to be in your shadow. Yeah, I would have panic attacks and nightmares mm. of you in that moment. Right. So when I then got the call that you need to like come up, your sister, I don't know if she'll be here tomorrow. Hello and welcome to the Two My Sisters podcast. I'm Courtney. And I'm Mary. And we are your online sisters and hosts of today's episode of the Two My Sisters podcast. We are all about promoting the wellness growth and development of a community of sisters around the world. And today I am joined by mary joe my younger sister the one and the only, the only. <laughs> <laughs> so if you have the to my sisters book then you have probably read my dedication which is to mary joe my younger sister um and yeah we have a very we have come a long way in our relationship with one another and you guys already know here on the to my sisters podcast we have spoken quite a lot and it comes up in various episodes about eldest daughter syndrome mm-hmm. myself and Renee who is my usual co-host if you are new around here um are both eldest sisters and we thought, why not actually sit down with our younger sisters to talk about a different, and hear their perspective of being younger sisters to us individually, but also um, to just talk about the development of our sisterhood. In this case, not just being friendship, but also biological sisterhood and us being, you know, people who have been raised together as siblings. Mm. Um, And so this is about to be real interesting. Yeah, our relationship has- is much like um, Paul on the road to Damascus Um just, you know, has its ups and downs, had its um, snap moments and stuff like that. Yeah. <laughs> I don't know why you're acting this way. I don't know me, I don't know <laughs> what to do. <try. laughs> so Mary is definitely not the um, camera type. Do you want to introduce yourself, what you do, who you are? Um, I'm Mary. I am I Courtney's younger sister. Ah. Um. What would what what should I say about myself? I really? mean, you're currently a student. Yeah, student. Yeah. I'm in northern England. In <laughs> Not England. you wanted to bait <laughs> out your <campus. laughs> Uh I study midwifery, okay. and I'm in second year. <laughs> Love that for you. Mm. Um, and it's an interesting road that you've been on, actually, to getting to become a student of midwifery and like delivering babies even though you've always loved that since you were a kid but you were originally studying religion politics and society at king's right which even that has something to do with our sisterhood okay so let's like just that. jump, you know jump I mean? into it then <laughs> <laughs> let's just jump into it then talk to us about that why did our sisterhood dynamic af- kind of affect the course that you took and having to then switch university courses and degrees Mm. Okay, so me and Courtney were the our two siblings who grew up in the same house. We yes. have other siblings, yes. but we are the two that grew up yes, in, in the our same house. house. We have the same mom and same dad. Yeah, um, yeah, we're the only siblings. You're yeah. the only sibling I have that our shares only the four same. Siblings. Yeah, yeah. 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 That um, we have. So we've grown up very close together for like all of our lives. And our age difference is four years. Yeah, so I'm currently 21. And I'm 25. Yeah. So Courtney, being the great, wonderful person that you all know, is just a trailblazer. And we're so proud of her. She's done so many great things. Honestly, you've done well. You've done well. You've done well. However. However. Being the younger sibling to such a um, pioneering, um, amazing person, comes with its own... Struggles, right. which I've voiced to you over the years, yeah. But um it's always been kind of like a not so much anymore because I have been very firm in that I am no longer Courtney B. I am mm. now Mary. To like our parents, Is that how you felt? huh? Oh that yeah, you were Courtney yeah, yeah, B. yeah, yeah, yeah. It's like Courtney got an A. Where's your A? Courtney got an A star. You got an A. Where's the star? Mm? Do you know what I mean? It kind of came like that for quite a while. Until I say when I started, when I chose to do midwifery, even making that decision, I remember I was at King's, which is obviously a Russell Group University in London, kind of like doing a similar course to what you had done. Right. Like in the social. So why did you pick this? Huh? Why did you oh, pick no. the Oh no, okay. <laughs> Let's go back to the very beginning. beginning. <laughs> okay, so when I was younger, I wanted to be a midwife when right. I was little, like reception year one, year two my Our mum is a nurse, was a midwife as well, and she was very like no you've you've had education in England. go go do something big, blah blah, blah stuff like that. Obviously, as we grew up, Courtney then went to Cambridge, which is obviously doing something big, what um <laughs> <Jesus Christ. laughs> no Just what our parents wanted. they wanted us to do big things because they'd given us big opportunities, mm. and Courtney did that she followed she followed that course and she did the big things, mm. and so I felt like, oh, I have to go and do something." just as big, like I have to go and do something that makes me look intellectually smart. I have to go and do some, go to a university that is like quite well renowned, stuff like that. Mm. Like I went through a phase where I wanted to go to Oxford cause Courtney mm. went to Cambridge. Mm. And then I remember, I don't know if you remember, but the day before the Oxford applications, mm. um, I think I was in the, the way our house is set up is Courtney's room was opposite um, our bathroom and yeah. I was in the toilet or you were in the toilet, somebody was in the toilet <laughs> and the other person was in Courtney's room yeah. and, Courtney was like to me, Have you done your Oxford application? I was like, No. Yeah. She was like, Are you what? Like the whole mm. plan was like, like you the whole gonna go to you're gonna go to Oxford. I had the grades, I had the personal statement, I had mm. all of it. And I was like, I'm not doing it. Mm. And I remember you didn't ask me anything after that. Mm. You were just like, okay. Then the next day, our dad, who was a very intellectual person, yeah, 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 he was like, So have you sent your Oxford application? I was a sheep. <laughs> I was, I went <laughs> silent and I said sorry daddy no <laughs> I remember oh my god I was scared I was even I was even wanted to call Mummy or somebody please somebody, somebody come, to come into the room because you. I don't know what's going on right now <laughs> I was like no sorry daddy I haven't sent it he was like what I was like yeah and he was like your sister and as soon as he said your sister I was like daddy no mm. this is where it stops now mm. I don't no offense to you but I was like I don't care about what she's done anymore yeah I don't it's yeah. my life I'm yeah. gonna do what I want with it yeah um, and I think he got a little bit of respect for me in that moment, Not you, which was great. <laughs> Not you advocating for yourself. Love you know, that. I know. Um, and then obviously I told mummy, and she was like, she doesn't, she didn't really care. Not so much she didn't care, but me and mummy's relationship is very much so like, in You're my head, We're very close. We're kind yeah. of like if I talk to somebody and um, like about our relationship dynamics when we were younger, maybe like sixteen or so, I'd say me and Mummy were more like sisters, and yeah. you were more like my mom right. in my head. Okay. Where it was like I had to report to you where are you going, what time are you coming back? Oh, who are your friends? Who are you with? Blah blah. blah. Whereas with Mummy, it'd be like, mom, I'm going out. What time will you be back? Oh, maybe around nine. Okay, see you then. Mm. No call, no nothing. But yours would be like, where are you? If I'm out a quick message or like when you're going to be back yeah. Do you get what I mean so I felt like I was reporting to you a lot more and because you're more of on the academic side it felt like my grades and stuff if I told you it would be like more like a mum's response of like oh well remember A level results I got A, A, B mm-hmm. and the first thing you said was why did you get a B? Is that the first thing <laughs> I said? <laughs> yes. I remember I was in the living room looking in the mirror and the first thing you said was, Why did I get a B? Is and that I what I like, said? Yeah. Is that how you're framing the situation? Is that what I actually It's what you said. Okay, Just fair, fair, <laughs> enough, No, but fair it was my initial reaction, for example, if one of our cousins was to get um AAB would automatically be, Oh, so like what did you get in what did you get a B the in? BN. You know what I mean? It's it's a natural thing, but because it came from you, yeah. at the time it was kind of like, oh, are you saying that I I I did not perform Do well? Right. You know, what I mean, I did not perform right, right, well right. enough. Sorry about that. No, 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 it's fine. Um, I don't really remember what I was saying. Um, in terms of how did you go from Kings to midwifery? Right. So I went to Kings to study religion, politics, and society, and right. my plan was to become an RE teacher. Right. Um, much to the dismay of our father. I mean, it's something that you did like. Yes. Yeah, and I think you. Did you, do you feel like you picked it because I did something in the social sciences? Yeah, but also when we were younger, you and dad used to have a lot of intellectual intellectual conversations. conversations in the living room. Conversations which I felt I couldn't really contribute to because not so much I didn't know things about it, but more so... I didn't really care yeah it wasn't your interest like i didn't political conversation stuff like that it wasn't like talk to me about children talk to me about like education stuff like that i would be i would have conversations about that political landscapes and such like that it wasn't really of my interest right so yeah i said i'm gonna go and do a humanitarian degree, mm, a um, degree. sorry a yeah. humanities degree go and do something that i'm interested in which was which is religion i'm yeah, quite interested in religion that's true interested in like the dynamics of religion, to do with politics, stuff like that. still am, even though I don't study the degree anymore. But I'm going to go and do it at, like, a Russell Group university, go and do it in somewhere that is, like, notable, stuff like that, to, like, make our parents proud. Right. And to give, like, a... Russell Group is basically, like, the UK equivalent of the Ivy League. Like, it's the top universities in the country, kind of prestigious academic institutions. But (laughs) To add, I still do go to a Russell Group university. (laughs) She does. But um, just... Not a that, just, a, just a different <laughs> university now so um I was like okay I'm gonna go and do this in a Russell mm. Group University and then I did it for a year I loved it I did but I was like why am I doing this it mm. came to I was like at the time I was talking to Faustina who is a very good friend of mine mm. and she was like why are you doing it I was like bro at this point I don't even know like mm. what am I gonna do after this the right. only route that I saw for myself was becoming an RE teacher which is a great career Career, but it wasn't something that I wanted to do I always knew that I had something like a love for kids the 18 year old kids maybe not maybe not the 16 either it's more so like Children. children as in like babies reception kind of age group is what i more draw towards Mm. even at church like people always say it to me like i'm very good with kids yeah so and i've i always have been so i was like what do i actually want to do with my life Mm. and i remember having a conversation with my my mom with our mom sorry it's okay Um, yeah i remember having a conversation with mummy about what I wanted to do, and she was on it. She was like, Yeah, I always knew the degree you were doing. Like, what even is that? Blah, 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 blah. I was like, Okay, calm down for <laughs> First a second. Of all, relax. <laughs> yeah, I'm still doing the degree. I'm still acting. <laughs> so maybe we could like slow down for a second. But she was like, Go and pursue midwifery. I was like, How on earth am did I? We get back here. Hmm? Yeah, How yeah. yeah. Here? How did we get back to this? Like, I've been saying it since I was young. Remember, I wanted to be a doctor. I wanted yeah, to be a midwife. I wanted, wanted to, to OB- do something OB-GYN. to do with like, oh uh, yeah, I wanted to be an obstetrician, gynecologist. I wanted to be a pediatrician. And then it all switched because you got into Cambridge and you went to do mm. that. And I saw how much respect you got from our family. I saw how proud dad was of you. I saw how, do you remember when uh, Mummy called auntie and was like, oh Courtney's gotten into Cambridge and then my aunt was like oh my gosh I wish she was my daughter I oh she's I'm so proud of her but obviously you are her daughter but the way she but was it's saying so it was funny how you remember these like particular things well, mm, I don't remember that yeah yeah these are things yeah. that like kind of like made a mark on my head yeah. I was like I need this kind of validation. validation from people and I I it's a bad thing I'm praying about it we need deliverance <laughs> but I thrive off of people like being proud of me right. like I kind of thrive off of you've done well. I'm proud of you. The affirmation. The affirmation. Yeah. My love language is our words of affirmation. Yeah. You know, if you know me, you know, I love, I love a compliment. <laughs> Mary, your <laughs> earrings are nice. Thank, Thank you. you. They're from Primark. know <laughs> so, what I mean like I love, I love stuff like that. I love compliments and stuff. Mm. Um, but I love even more compliments from our, our family because mm-hmm. it's like, oh my gosh, they're actually proud of me. And coming as the youngest daughter, because not only am I after Courtney, I am the only other one out of the two yeah, of us. Yeah, so yeah. it's not like I have somebody else to be like,
0: they're oh, the well, they be... yeah, they didn't do this or blah, blah. blah. Yeah. It's
1: just... You either did it or you didn't right. because there's only A and B. Right. Do you get what I mean? I remember on GCSE results day, we were in the living, not GCSE results day. a few days before GCSE results day, me and you and dad were in the living room. And I was like, I was, I was shaking over my results. Mm-hmm. I was like, I need to have done well. And then mm-hmm. dad was like, why do you have so much pressure on yourself for this? And I was like, cause either I don't do well and it's Courtney was the anomaly and she's done like amazing and I'm just to the wayside or I do do well. And it's just, I'm just as good as Courtney. It's never going to be a thing of, I've exceeded her. Do you know what I mean? So mm. I just need to make sure that I'm like on par, which I did. Mm. But I think you even did better than me. Maybe. Yeah, you did, she did. Yeah. <laughs> She's trying to be poor, she did. Go on. <laughs> yeah, I was like, I need to just make sure that like, I'm on par with you. I can't do anything that like pushes me or makes me seem like I could be less than mm-hmm. you. Do you know what mm-hmm. I mean? Because I felt like a lot of respect came from all of the accolades that you had. Right. Do you get what I mean? Right. And so if that's all that I had seen, because we don't have a third sibling, well, we have other siblings, but in our house, we don't have a third sibling. That's all that I could kind of base, off, base our parents' love, our parents' like pride and stuff right. like that off of. Right. So I was like, I need to go and do the same thing. Obviously, I didn't apply to Oxford or Cambridge, which was kind of like the, my first step in, you know, the rebellious Mary. <laughs> and then I was like, I'm applying to midwifery. And only, I only told mummy and I made sure she did not tell anybody. anybody yeah, Like, our mum is a chatterbox. <laughs> she is. <laughs> Shout out to you, mummy. Like, you, you are. <laughs> I love you, but she is a chatterbox. And I remember she was in bed. She came back from a night shift and I was like, mummy, you're not telling Anyone. anybody. It, this is a me and you thing because if I don't get in, I don't want it to be like, well, she didn't get in, so she just has to stay. Right. But I, and if I did get in, I wanted to be able to make the choice by myself. Um, And then I did get in. I got into another Russell Group University. Yeah. I got into a few universities and I told my mom, our mom, and she went, I told you. And I was like, but you told me. Huh? Did You I? told me before. Yeah, yeah, yeah. You actually, see, this is what I mean about the remembering thing. Mm. But you were told me very much after you had decided. Mm. Right. And it was, You did ask me about, um, like, what you should do and stuff. And I think one thing you have always done, even as we, like, say this, um, tell this story, one thing you've always done is ask for my advice. Mm. But I think this was one of the first times you had come to me very much decided. Mm. Like, it was more so like you were saying Mm -hmm. the story with our dad. You were telling me what you were going to do rather than kind of asking me. Mm -hmm. And I think that that transition that you made and that decision you made for yourself was very much, like, a key moment for you Mm -hmm. kind of getting your groove like and and reclaiming your own independence Mm -hmm. and really like I wouldn't even say differentiating yourself from me but just being like you know what I'm actually done living in comparison because it's something I've always seen Mm. like between us and I think it came out a lot more when it came to education have you realized that we like Maybe because we're the only two siblings. Yeah. But it's like we've always been compared. Not always. I've been compared to you academically, but you've been compared to me like character-wise. Character. Oh Mary, so this or Yeah, oh, literally. And so you know what I mean, this is the next segment of mm. the chat that I want to talk about, which is comparison, mm. because you've definitely been compared to me in the areas of like academia, um, work, stuff yeah. like that. But when it comes to things like beauty standards, um character, things like even being a good child mm. you were definitely the golden child in I that, was, in yeah. that yeah. Okay, yeah there you go you see. see yeah. um, in the <laughs> sense that like I was always called the rebel mm. and not in the best way like the rebel was very much for example one of the biggest things that I kind of held on to which caused a bit of friction in our relationship mm-hmm. not necessarily between us but you played a key part in the friction I had with our parents mm. was, I was the child who got the physical discipline and yeah. you were never touched. Yeah. Right? Like, I think there was only one time <laughs> that you were beaten. And you, you were beaten very badly, but it was my what, fault. It was your exactly, fault. Because <laughs> I snitched on her because I wanted to see her get punished. I was like, so vindictive I remember, and I so went bad. to your room afterwards and I was just looking at you. I was like, like literally, how could what? I betray you like this? Yeah, <laughs> see, this is the thing, but you see, drama trauma because in my head it was just kind of like how come all of my life like maybe I remember there was a time in primary school I don't even know why I still have this deep memory where um like uh, there was a day before school and something went missing from my mom or something Mm. I don't know if it was money or like an item and she and I was less than 10 years old and you were even younger than that and then um she was kind of like no you were even still in a pram and she was like oh um who Courtney, you took this thing from me. And I was like, no, I didn't. Like, and she was going in to the point where she was about to physically beat me for lying. And then you were like, I took it. And then her whole like disposition completely changed. And in my head, I was thinking, huh? Wow. Like, how did that, how did that diffuse you so quickly? How do you have this much tenderness towards marrying? Like I was saying, like, I was a kid that, because, okay. I've always been very outspoken. You guys know me here on the podcast. (laughs) I've always been very outspoken. I've always had an opinion and I've never been afraid to share it yeah um and like you were saying like having political debates with my dad telling people my mind has always been my jazz 100%. and so it used to ruffle feathers especially in a you know being part of the diaspora being children of immigrants We're kind of raised in a culture where it's like children don't speak back to adults yes yeah. you do as you are told and you leave it there you 100%. don't reason and I was always a but what's the reason like I'm always asking why and stuff like that and, and I, I wasn't like that you were not like that Mary was just okay you said that I'ma do it That's it and you've always been quieter mm. than me our, our personalities are very different very and so you're, even you're though we're int- actually quite similar we are very if similar. you do like the enneagram test and stuff like that we're always exactly the, the same. same yeah it's just it manifests quite differently yeah. in our approach to things because i've always been quite like i, I was about to yeah. say like. <laughs> <laughs> you're too will, known. yeah like you're i'm too known, known. like i'm mm. one of those people just like no it can't be like mm-hmm. that and then mary would just be like maybe we should think about Let's doing this a bit approach different. it from all of everybody. the angles do you get what i mean yeah. like it's a lot more soft it's mm. a lot more and so i think as a child in that environment you were kind of looked at as courtney why can't you be like mary mm. why can't you just follow instructions why can't but you, you see just i be felt like growing up i had to be like that because you weren't right. i felt like let me no offenses it's gonna be offensive no offenses but i felt like our parents in from the way that i was looking at it i felt like our parents had a hard time with you yes so i felt like i couldn't give them a hard time right right, so i was like they've had it like yeah like they've 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 shouted they've beat they've disciplined they blah 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 so let me just be yeah. Let me be the one Who they don't have, have to do to, yeah. much and with And you definitely were yeah. And I think it, in my head That then framed you as Mary is the golden child Yeah But it's so interesting To then hear in your head mm-hmm. Because of my performance It was like Courtney is the golden child Yeah And that brought a bit of enmity between us mm-hmm. Because it's like I would constantly tell my parents You love Mary more than me Exactly And you would kind of be like I'd You're be proud like, you, of Mary You're Courtney proud of Courtney More than, more me. than me And that yeah. was challenging Exactly That was really challenging And I It made just... us not like each other And this is the thing so I think for me even before like starting TMS it was really important for me to kind of address my relationship with you Mm. and so because you are four years younger than me you started uni I think once I had finished yes I was done yeah and then you started and I had moved back home and so our mommy had moved out and my our mum had moved out well she was still living yeah, with us yeah. like for a couple of years and then my mum had moved out and then it was us living mm-hmm. together by ourselves um as to you know coming of age 20 something late teen 18, yeah. um and so it was just it was important for us to kind of have this conversation of okay cool I had kind of used going to university as an escape From Mm. home, Like once Mm. I went to university, I was rarely ever back. Mm -hmm. Like if I was coming back to London, I would never really go home. Mm. I would be doing something in London and I would rather stay at a friend's or a hotel before I'd actually come home. Right. And if I did come home, it was simply to sleep and then leave. And I barely spoke to my family. Mm -hmm. Like it was very much a... I'm gone. This mm-hmm. was my way out of the false responsibility, mm. the hostility between me and my parents. Um, I got to just start my own life and really right. reclaim my time. Because if you have listened to the episodes we've done in regards to eldest daughter syndrome, it does come with this immense feeling of responsibility. Mm. And when you were saying, you know, it felt like you were my mom and you you were reporting to me. It wasn't necessarily that like I was, I was trying to have a control, but I saw that there was a, there was a relaxation our parents had in raising you that they didn't have with me. Mm. And then in my head it was like, well then who's given her the discipline who's actually you know making sure that she's okay like mm. everyone has kind of left it to me and I think our parents this my thought our parents had that approach of being friendly mm. with you like our mum in particular had this approach of being friendly with you because they knew I would do the parenting mm. you know like oh, I right. would be the one because I used to be the one who picked you from school yeah. and stuff like that and it's no please before anybody gets the wrong idea and comes out us sideways our parents are the most amazing parents honestly ever. The and the parents- reason why I was kind of not left to parent Mary, but I had to step up to parent Mary was because our mom was working and studying at the same time whilst we were very young children when she had separated from our dad. And so it left us, a lot to do like yeah it, because she was already ca- burning the candle at both mm-hmm, ends mm-hmm. i think i've told this story before or it's in the book around how like my mum would wake up at like 3 a.m and finish her days at like 11 p.m and do it all again for like days and mm-hmm. days and days i just think that working. added to why i wanted to be so like good good yeah because yeah. i was i knew it wasn't fair yeah on you, knew like exactly. all that was being put on you so i was like okay i'm just gonna be like quite quiet and exactly. stuff like that because Our parents aren't there. Yeah. And you're not my, you're not my mum. Yeah. Yeah. So I think that that unfairness was something that really sat poorly with me. Mm. Like I did feel like my childhood to some degree had been robbed from me and it was very much, I blamed, I wouldn't say I directly blamed you, but then it was kind of like. I felt the blame okay i I blamed her (laughs) (laughs) but i mean i wouldn't say i blamed you in the sense that obviously you didn't ask to be born if anything i was the one who asked you to be born because i wanted a younger sibling um and like yeah anyway that's a whole story for another day but i definitely saw my chance to go and get my undergrad and go to university and live by myself as an opportunity to escape so I kind of like abandoned you in those three years. Do you remember when years? you came back and I yeah. had gone through you know what I posted on my story the other day a few weeks ago oh, I want sorry I want like I want to tell my testimony so 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 I'll, I'll touch on like a few like a little bit like what had happened okay, cool. but um when you came back from uni I remember we were in your bed after you had found out what had happened when you were at uni, and I said to you, I feel like you just abandoned me when you went to uni. Yeah. And you left me in the house. Because at the time, both of our parents were living in the house. Yeah. And their relationship wasn't the best. No. And I felt like I was just the middleman. Right. Between them. And obviously, when you were in the house... That was the role that I played. But not even. I feel like we both could play it. Oh, yeah. 100%. But me more so than you. Mm, I felt like I did... I was... I don't know. Cause I feel like I shielded you. Like I remember there were think there were things that would happen and I would be the one who was responsible of being like Mary, make sure Mary's okay. Make sure Mary doesn't see, make sure that Mary's not affected by this. And it was like, Okay, but I'm seeing it. I'm affected by this. Who's taking care of I hear me. that, but then you know when, oh, shield Mary, make sure she doesn't see, make sure this, make sure that and then you left. Yeah. And it was like you left the next day, it was eyes you. open. Yeah. Just like what yeah. is so that's what, what I'm saying. Before on. I left, yeah, it was yeah. very much so that mm-hmm. was kind of the role that yeah, I played. Yeah. But then once I left, it was like all on you, all I on me, doing and anything. I was just like, "What is going yeah. on?" And then my mental health um kind of took a took a, t- a turn for the worst. Mm. Some may say. Mm. And when you were in uni, it's we didn't talk much, much. No. at all. When she was actually in uni, maybe like once every month or something like that if that yeah so it's not like I could tell her about it and the way our family is it's very you don't tell outsiders about what is happening you don't this is family business family yeah. business stays with family that's it like and not even just extended family family as in mom dad Mary Courtney yeah, that's, that's it. it that's who it stays with yeah. so I felt like I had no one to talk to at all and I know obviously you went through that as well yeah. when we when you were in the house but at the time also the kind of person I am I don't have many friends right and right, I right. don't really socialize that yeah. well I'm quite a quiet person I yeah. can stay in inside for like a week and not go out yeah. and just be on my computer be yeah. on my phone Whereas I had my friends yeah you and I had would friends yeah. and stuff like that I genuinely the only person that I had at that time was, was God yeah and Faustina yeah that's Faustina it. was her best friend Faustina was my best friend still very close friend yeah. but that's those were the only that was it that's all i had so i felt like i've been abandoned and then a lot of the time because i was the only one in the house when things would happen i felt like it was my fault Mm. so then i'd be like "Mm, maybe if i wasn't here this wouldn't be happening kind of thing which led to like a cascade of like suicidal thoughts um depression stuff like that think like just an unfolding of events which was quite bad in like at the time, like led to me being in hospital and stuff like that. But I felt like when you came back and you found out about it all, and I told you, I felt like you had abandoned me. It was kind of like a turn in our relationship. Massive. A massive turn in our relationship. Cause I was just, I was done being this amicable. Oh, everything's all right. Oh, you can do anything to Mary. Mm. Oh, Mary can hear anything. She just won't say anything. Mm. I was just done with it. I was like, this is my life, and I'm. Yeah. It's it's about time I live it. Do you know what I mean? Definitely. That was a uh, 28. Do you remember it? Oh. <laughs> married Be be freaking for real. <laughs> How could I ever forget that? <laughs> so okay, so I went to university in twenty fifteen, um, and you were what, maybe fourteen years yeah. old. Yeah. And um, it was very much, uh, like I said, a, a breakaway for me. It was, I'm going to go and discover who I actually am, what I actually like, um, and like bun my family, basically. I'd, mm. I'd take every single last one of them. And um, it, was, it was 2018. I just finished my last exam and like term was over. I had finished my degree. I didn't know my grade yet or anything like that, but I had finished my degree and I was coming home. So I remember I brought all of my stuff down from university and I Mary wasn't home at the time you were at school. And this was like, you were getting ready for prom kind of season. This is giving me major... PTSD I don't know like flashbacks or something <laughs> do you not want me to talk no, about, no no okay, it's sorry. fine it's fine so, I've never heard it from your side yeah oh fine. yeah okay yeah. so so I would just come back from uni and I was dreading it like mm. I was very much dreading the fact that okay I decided that post-university I was going to start a business um and that meant that I was going to live at home mm. um just to you know save money and mm-hmm. kind of find my feet in this whole entrepreneurship journey and I moved back I I moved all my stuff back home and Mary wasn't home because you were at school. Mm. And, and this was before she went to uni. So she's at school. Sixth form days. Sixth form days. Um, like I said, she's preparing for proms. You're about six, you are 16 years old. And then, um, my, I come home and my mum's lying in bed and she calls me into her bedroom and she's like oh hey like how's uni how's everything gone? how are you feeling I was like I'm good she's like Courtney I need to talk to you about something and whenever she comes with that Courtney I need to talk to you about something my heart just goes what like yeah. what is it I know it's going to be a deep conversation so I sit down and then she she kind of walks me through she was looking for prom dresses with you and she took you shopping and then she was like um I'm wondering why is my arm, mum is a fashionista okay? to the core. She is a, a classic. Your, your shoe must match your dress, dress and uh, must your, match your bag. Let watch. your shoulder be out. Literally Come on, mum. <laughs> anyway, so you can Shout imagine prom dressing with her- It was her gonna was, be. I was like, Yeah, yeah. So you were dreading it, yeah, very much. And so, and they nobody in our family knew. That I had self harmed at right. this point. Yeah. 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 So no, no one, like nobody, Mary had kept this thing completely to herself. And you know, when you look at that, mm-hmm. I had been self harming for about a year, and, and no one had knew. noticed. Yeah. But the thing is, though, and I, I was very secretive about yeah, it. Yeah, that's it the thing. Me as well, like it, But mm, but yeah. at the same time, somebody should have noticed that mm. something was off. But obviously, I wasn't living of at course, home, yeah. and then you know, there everyone was else is going through that stuff. Yeah. Perhaps. So we kind of have this conversation Like, I took Mary Pom shopping. She, you know, doesn't want to wear short sleeves. She doesn't want to show herself to me anymore. And our house, our <laughs> culture in our home, extended family, uh, close family, even though we're quite private, when it comes to things like just naked yourself. In front I will dry myself in the bathroom literally, and just walk, and just walk naked. around naked. It really yeah. doesn't matter. To, like what you were saying about you talk telling me you didn't apply to Oxford because you're in the toilet yeah. and I'm in the bathroom. We had that household where it's like the if you're going to the open. toilet, the door's open. Like no one cares. We're very free. And Mary had suddenly switched off from doing that, and she's more free than I am. Very like free. I used to be more of the oh, don't look at me. Yeah, My yeah. My breath She was just like, yeah, here I am. Hi. Um, <laughs> literally. Hi. What's up? Um. And I love that about uh, um. Us, but you had stopped mm-hmm. and my mum had obviously noticed that drastic change because you were so friendly with her yeah it was kind of like why does mary now want to hide herself yeah prior to courtney coming back from uni i had shared a bed with our mum for yeah. like a long time yeah. so she sees me like all the time all the time yeah and that i think that also helped your closeness yeah, yeah. but you are very much a mummy's mm-hmm. a mummy's girl and then um she, that all changed and my mum was like so I asked her what was going on and then she confessed to me that she had self-harmed and then she showed me her scars and then I broke down I must have come home quite soon, soon after, after that, that because I was I still sat on my mum's bed and like red yeah. eyes and she was like don't tell her I told you and I was like Cause how I can told I not her not to, to tell, tell you yeah but then she was like don't tell her I told you and it was like I was sitting there with my eyes read and i was genuinely grieved like i was heartbroken and i think my heartbreak was this was what i had gone through Mm -hmm. right dealing with mental health issues Mm -hmm. dealing with kind of cries for not just cries for help but like depressive episodes Mm -hmm. suicidal thoughts suicide attempts um i i'd never really got to the stage of like manifesting it through Mm self-harm but i definitely could understand to a degree and Empathize with where your mindset was. Mm -hmm. And I felt that same grief of of one of the things that I've always tried to do was have transparent conversations so that the people around me didn't have to go through what they had gone through. And then it registered in my head, damn, Mary's going through what I went through and I'm really failing as a sister. Yeah, I remember I had a conversation with you about just fasting forward from that when you wanted to start to my sisters. Yeah. I remember we had the conversation. I was like, Courtney, sometimes I feel like you're trying to be a sister to everybody else but you you haven't been a sister to me yeah and that was hard yeah like that was really one of the things that cut me so so deep and made me want to re- work on our relationship um, and I think that like not to be hyper spiritual or anything but I think healing our relationship and investing in that before starting TMS mm. actually really blessed TMS for success mm. on my part mm. because mm. it was kind of like you don't want to come on this camera and be a hypocrite, hypocrite yeah. you don't want to so try and reap seeds where you haven't mm-hmm. sown and if you're trying to have a digital sisterhood community you're trying to have a sisterhood community you actually have to be good that sisterhood right. and it's not just friendship mm-hmm. your relationship with your actual sister needs to testify of sisterhood exactly and so um and of the things you're going to talk about and stuff and that was a responsibility I took really like seriously mm-hmm. because mm-hmm. I realized mm-hmm. that I was placed in your life in this position yeah. for a reason um and you were now going through, well, you had always been going through your own stuff, but now you are actually vocal and showing it and asking yeah. for help. So what happened after our mom told us that and I cried, I remember that very day I had a radio interview and I went to the radio interviewer they're literally looking at me like, so tell us about your story. My name's Courtney, I'm 23, <laughs> no, I'm 21, life's good. And everyone in the room was looking at me. I looked so disheveled as well. Everyone was looking at me like, are you okay? Like, what's wrong? And I was like, genuinely like, it felt like they had told me the person I loved most had died. Like it was, I was, I was in shock, grief, all of it. I remember I came home very soon afterwards, still in my school uniform and stuff. And I saw you on the bed and Courtney is not a public crier. I am not an emotional. (laughs) I've been saying that to you people. (laughs) This is the perfect um, person who can attest. I can count on my hand to memory how many times I've seen Courtney Cry, like cry. Cry, maybe like a tear yeah. here and there but like cry i was like damn mommy you told <laughs> her exactly where she came she knew as soon as she came in my mom had told me yeah and, and i remember i tried to be very like hey you're yeah lovely, literally all of this stuff and you're like yeah. <laughs> i was like Oh, oh gosh. Yeah like, and and yeah. yeah so that night when we went to sleep we were sharing a bed and then we we're kind of like top to toe mm-hmm. and then I was kind of like just talking and I was like Mary um you know you can tell me any like why didn't you tell me that you were going through stuff I would have wanted to be there to help you and that's when you were literally like you abandoned me and you said something which really stuck with me um and I was going to write about it in the book but then I kind of as I was writing it I was getting I felt like it was something that I was still really working through mm. and it it did, it hit me, not to say it hurt me, mm-hmm. but it hit me. Mm-hmm, mm-hmm. And it was just like, you know, you were just like, why would I have told you you're not my friend? And I was like, S-O-S. I think I'm <laughs> passing away. I remember when I told you that I had spoken to Faustina about it. And stuff, yeah. And you were like, why would you tell her and not, not tell me? Yeah. And you were like, you're not my friend. And I was like, I can even feel myself getting upset, like not upset, like teary. It was very much like I have failed. And I think that was one of the moments in my life where if anybody asked me, have you failed at anything? I'd say that was it. That mm. was like a moment of failure for me. And that summer, um, obviously I had just finished uni. So the summer after graduation, um, you were at home with your summer yeah. break. And I just remember like, some days would be good, mm-hmm. and then some days would be fighting. Yeah, and then you'd be crying, and I'd because I'd want you to open up in certain yeah, ways. I and- feel like at that point, because you had fi- you had found Christ mm-hmm. at that point, and I, I've always been a Christian, but I had it wasn't a personal relationship, relationship with God for me at that point. So it was kind of like you know when the Bible says, obviously we're Christians, so I'm just gonna say it from like that perspective. But when the Bible says, "Oh, you're made new in Christ, you're a new being in Christ," and stuff like that. All I had in my head was the Courtney that yeah. we just fought all of our life. So now all of a sudden Courtney switched and she's like, let's be friends. Talk to me. Open up. I'm like, who the hell it is this? <laughs> like, <laughs> what are you talking about? Yeah, I, I came back from uni very much having done. So in that time where I had kind of abandoned my entire family, um, I had found faith and I was really going. I think that's when my glowing and growing mm. journey really began of really like, healing, talking, working on myself crying praying Mm -hmm. um and kind of growing spiritually emotionally um and it it did wonders for me but I very much came back after those three years a very different person I used to be like a very horrible person to be around especially towards like 16 17 18 I was not you no 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 if you guys could just rewind I was just sitting here like this when you said it so I used to be tough to be around but I think I think you understood in the sense that I was very hurt. Yeah. Like I was, and I had no one to kind of go to. And then it didn't help that like other people, for example, we were talking about how, um, with the only two like full biological mm-hmm. siblings we have but we have like six, yeah, six of other our siblings. siblings um and they had all started to come into my life mm-hmm. around the same time and it was also very overwhelming mm-hmm. to mm-hmm. then have to kind of start building these new relationships and you had you were building relationships with our cousins and stuff like that. yeah like, like countries i was and stuff. i was doing a lot mm-hmm. of like trying to just a lot of people coming into my life and a lot of people expecting stuff and then on top of it i'm trying to navigate going to university and just hormones mm-hmm. and stuff Mm-hmm. So I was my mental health was deteriorating I was working at it, it was a lot and that meant that the pe- the person that I was at home was very different to the person I was at school or at work. Yeah, I remember having um, a conversation with you about that as well. Yeah. Was like I feel like you're showing one side to everybody else. Like you're this happy 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 person outside when you're like with your friends and stuff like that and then as soon as you come home you turn that off yeah. and it's like you're being horrible to yeah. us. But I hated you guys. Exactly. <laughs> you <see? laughs> So there was that. Exactly. You see, it's um, hard to see it from like the that other side. perspective because in my head it's like, but what did I do to, for you to right, hate Right, 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 exactly. So I, I got it. I love you guys, your my parents and stuff like that. Yeah. But I got why you hated them. Yeah, like I completely understood it. Yeah, to uh, to an extent, I felt it too. Yeah, but then in my head it was like, but why do I? Hate but why you? do you hate me? Yeah, and I I think. Th- just deep down it was it wasn't even a hatred because i think that's one thing that i've like always gone back and uh, where i used to go back and forth with which was like i don't hate her like Mm. you know if you came to me for anything yeah yeah, i would give you a hard time but i'd end up giving it Mm -hmm. to you i'd end up i would always be there and i think my love for you as any sister and to almost degree like a mother Mm -hmm. it ran so deep. very very like so deep courtney will be there for me through anything literally I would call... If I was arrested, I'd call Courtney before I called my mom. Literally. So don't think I was, like, yeah. a bad... Like, <laughs> yeah. no, it was more so a role. I've got to call Courtney. G mm-hmm. I you yeah. know mean? That kind of thing. And... I think for me it was and this is why I knew it was more like as much an emotional and historical thing as it was a spiritual one because it was a deep love there mm-hmm. I just couldn't connect with it yeah. and I think that's one thing I've always said in my glowing and growing journey that I've had to work on in every area which is connecting with this feeling of love yeah you said that yeah, at the book launch, yeah like yeah. actually connecting with this feeling of being in like feeling love mm. feeling receiving love from people but also like Truly demonstrating that I love people, yeah. and it was really challenging with you because it's like, I know I deeply love her, why doesn't she get this? But then all of my actions, it's like my f- heart is feeling one thing, but my mouth is saying something yeah, else, yeah. and I'd get frustrated my with myself. Say, but my body, we don't sing R. Kelly on this podcast. Sorry, R- uh, sorry, sorry, thank you very much. Rewind so. <laughs> <laughs> so- during that summer, we got to a place where we're going back and forth. We're going back and forth. But the reason why that was like the hardest season of my life as well, genuinely, I would say like even over my depressive mm-hmm. episodes, you going through what you had been through, Mary, I don't think I've ever felt uh, my anxiety. Went, I think that's when I started to feel anxiety. Mm-hmm. So I had gone through um, like depression, yeah. suicidal thoughts, even a bit of paranoia. Um, but you, what what that stage brought out to me was genuine anxiety yeah genuine anxiety because I think um and I think this is where I could tell there was a deep love there that also needed to be repaired in its manifestation Mm -hmm. because you were going through this like this period of thinking Courtney doesn't like me and I was just trying my best to be like I'm a different like to show you I'm a different person now I really want to be there for you but it's like you weren't receiving it and that's when I started to realize like I have been the villain in your story for such a long... Or a villain Mm -hmm. in your story for such a long time. And even though I've kind of healed over my pains it doesn't mean that you have to go down the same exactly. manifestation of- You can of have the exact same wounds and it heals differently. Differently, exactly. But also your journey to forgiving me would be very different. 100%. And so even though, I I wouldn't say I had forgiven myself, but even though I had changed and I was ready to kind of repair our relationship, it doesn't mean that you were open mm-hmm. to, to doing I the same thing. I was finding it very hard because you were yeah. bringing in like very like deep conversations and stuff. I was finding it very hard to see myself as the villain in your story. right. Cause I, right. I just couldn't see it. Yeah. I was like, and I think you weren't the villain cause you weren't trying to actively be. Yeah. It was more so you were something that was taunting me mm. as a figure, as what you represented, mm-hmm. which was the person that or, to me in my eyes, our parents love most. Mm. Do you get what I mean? Or the one who I wish I kind of had your life, right. not up until when I left yeah. you. Well, <laughs> you can have that bit. That's yours. Reclaim it, whatever. But actually our, when it comes to our childhood, I felt like, that's the life I wanted to live. That's mm. the person I wanted to be, mm-hmm. right? Um, the way you behaved, the way you looked, the way you acted, it was kind of like, why couldn't I have been hurt? And the thing is, those were things I just could not control. control. So that's yeah. what I'm saying. Like, you weren't trying to be the villain. That's mm-hmm. probably why you were struggling to see yourself mm-hmm. as a villain. It's like, it's not you, yeah. it's the things that have been said by others around you who have used you as an example mm. to kind of hurt me. Right. Why can't you be more like Mary? Oh, look how pretty Mary is. Mm. Look how Mary acts. Courtney what? is absolutely beautiful. No, I know. I, yeah, I've gone through, like I said, glowing growing journey. But... It was very much a, you weren't the villain, as Mm -hmm. in you weren't trying to be, but people were using your face to mask the ugliness Mm -hmm. that was hurting me. Right. Do you get what I mean? Mm -hmm. And that's the bit that was pissing me off. Mm -hmm. So I was just like, okay, now I've healed over that. (laughs) Let me actually repair our relationship and- The reason why I say that this was like the phase of my life where I started to experience anxiety and I was frustrated a bit because it was like I would leave the house and all I could think of was I was at work, all that I could think of when I was with friends was my sister's gonna like off herself like she's mm. gonna unalive herself mm-hmm. every yeah. moment of every day yeah. and that's why I even started working closer to home my first studio exactly. was around the corner from yeah, our yeah. house I remember I got into an argument with mommy one day and I called you and you just you were like flew home you, I, I don't even minutes. think I got to finish, the, finish and I was like I'm here, home like... literally and I, and my, <laughs> in my heart it was just yeah. like you know what as much as I've been offloading this false mm-hmm. responsibility of eldest daughter syndrome now I actually want to be here yeah. now I actually need to be present for you and I'm so glad that I had as much as it may have not been done in the best way Mm -hmm. I'm glad I had had those three years of being at uni to kind of not only reclaim my own time but also become aware of how I wanted to distribute it and when I came back I think I had the wisdom and the emotional maturity to be able to discern between false responsibility and you actually needing me Mm -hmm. and in that moment I realized you actually needed me. Right. And so I made myself available. And I think I wasn't accepting the fact yeah. that I needed you. Yeah. I just. But yeah, so like Mary, I would get, you know, a random call at work. Or I remember I was at a retreat and I was with like Missy, oh yeah. Mandy, Haley. And it was like, Mary's going through a really hard time. That was the first time I heard God's voice actually that mm. time. Yeah, yeah. yeah. That, um, that was my second suicide attempt when I had to go to hospital for it. And, um, we were in the waiting room and I was like, it was just me and mummy. And the thing is, because me and mummy are very friendly, I f- sometimes found it hard to be with her in such serious situations because yeah. me and mummy are very like, we're gonna laugh about something. Ooh, the key key is like, strong. We're gonna we like we're gonna joke about something, but in this situation there was nothing to joke mm. about. So I was like, "Where's Courtney? Where's Courtney?" <laughs> every every time mommy's phone would vibrate, I'd be like, "Is that Courtney? Yeah, is she coming? Is she here?" Literally. And then we were in um the waiting room. It was dark. And I was Wait. Going... So before you get to the waiting room story, this was literally I was at a retreat in a different part of. England this wasn't even in London yeah. and I had to talk to my friends who one um, I had to talk to Nissi, Nissi T if you watch her here on YouTube or on socials and she was just like do you want me to drop you to the hospital and so me Nissi, Mandy and Haley were in the car and we were I think she crossed so many speed limits she was like I need to get you to the hospital and so as soon as we got there I was just kind of like thank you and so just thank you to my friends for even having you. my back and kind of understanding some of the stresses that I've been under at different points in my life but genuinely I would go like I would have panic attacks and nightmares mm. of you in that moment right. so when I then got the call that you need to like come up your sister. I don't know if she'll be here tomorrow I'll just like yeah fly there and I remember I got there so yeah so you we were in the waiting room say your bit I was in the waiting room and this is I think one of the only times I've heard God but I was laying there and I heard I vividly audibly heard you say my name I was, you were like Mary I'm here mm. And I jumped up of, out of the seat. And mommy was like, "What is going on?" And I was like, "Courtney's here. She's here. She's here." And I went into the corridor. And I was looking. I was like, "Where is she?" I literally just heard her call my name. And mommy was like, "She's not here. She's 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 in the car. She's on her way, but she's not here yet." I was like, "No, I've heard her. She's here. She's coming." Blah, blah blah. And then I remember I had like a sense of calm, and I was like, at that point, I didn't think I realized that it was God. But at that point, I was like, "Oh, Courtney's coming. Um, I'll be okay. Yeah. She's coming," kind of thing. Yeah. yeah. And I just remember getting there and like. I think at that moment I was like no God something has to shift like something has to change I can't have really great friends and be doing well and then lose my sister because I was a bad sister Mm -hmm. you know and I remember like asking God for forgiveness and then as soon as I got into the waiting room I kind of just sat there with you and then I took you into my Mm -hmm. arms and For some reason, our mum was videoing this moment. It's very like... (laughs) mommy. she's a special person. She actually is such a special person. But literally, I had her in my arms like this. And we were just rocking back and forth. And I was just praying. And I remember praying so much that I started to cry. Uh, You see it back to what I was saying. Courtney doesn't cry. I don't cry. So I was crying. And like, I don't think it was like, I was praying from you for the place of... It felt like I was almost holding... I don't know, it, it just felt like the prayers that I was saying, I didn't know the words to say, but I was really begging God to just preserve you. Mm. But also just, it felt like I was also praying for our relationship to be like healed, for your life to be saved. And I think it was the genuine sense of, as much as what we, like, we've like, we been through, what we've been through, I love her. Mm. And I think the overwhelming emotion that made me cry was love. Right. And I think that was one of the first times I connected with that emotion of, wow. oh my gosh. I love this person. Wow. Like I love her. And the idea of her leaving makes me so upset. And so I remember us staying in the the I was about to say the hotel was definitely the <laughs> <a> hospital. <laughs> yeah. I remember us staying in the hospital overnight and like I I like held you, and I'm not a physical touch person, right? Well, at that time, I definitely yeah. was a physical. I was not a physical touch person, but I remember like holding you and just making sure you're okay. And I feel like at, after that moment, it was like our relationship mm-hmm. was on the up and up. Yeah, um, and it was. It was hard. Like I I said, I would have nightmares Mm -hmm, of you. mm -hmm. Like it would genuinely torment me. And I would have a vivid image of my head of what it would look like. And it was so interesting Then when they called, when mum called, was like your sister's thinking about, you know, unaliving herself in this specific way. And I was like, that's the nightmare Mm -hmm. that I've been having. And I was just like, I was genuinely tormented by that image. And it brought me so much anxiety. But then I realised what the heck you must have been going through so much worse how would you say we kind of took the steps towards healing our relationship as sisters because now we are friends i mean the other day you told me i'm in your top two best friends she wasn't number one which really no yeah you weren't number one i wasn't number one exactly That's i just wanted to actually i think i made it to top three i don't even think i was (gasps) two. yeah my mother is one of them so she can't be upset with that yes it's great anyway so I just <laughs> <laughs> but yeah we've been able to make it to the stage where not only are we sisters but we're actually friends like with one some of the closest friends I think I tell you everything yeah. like and it's not even just that I think it's the awareness of Mary loves me I love Mary and we can kind of identify that this is the issue but it's kind of me and you against the mm. issue um and there's something our mum has always told us which is because we are the only like siblings yeah like full siblings that we have that like there's a special bond between us and Mm -hmm. I think it's not even just blood I think it's also the life experiences Mm -hmm. no one knows me like you know me and vice versa um and I think it's it's been trying to kind of tap into this depth of sisterhood which is just not sisters by name Mm. but sisters by action yeah. and like connection and I think that's where we've had to cultivate the friendship mm-hmm. it would be easy to kind of rely on biological sisterhood to kind of tell people we're close knit you yeah. know like, that's my sister mm-hmm. but we actually had to go on a journey of cultivating sisterhood it was like making us. a friend. friend it was literally yeah. like making a friend as if like we didn't know each other because also yeah. you had come back from uni a very different person very. but when I decided to go from Kings to Where I go now, I turned into a very different person because I was no longer allowing myself to be in your shadow. So we were now just two very Very different different people to what we had ever grown up with. So it took a lot of work for us to, not even a lot of work, to be honest with you. I think it kind of was a lot easier. It was a lot easier, I think, because both of us individually had done a lot of like soul searching Mm. and a lot of healing I went to therapy you went to therapy Mm -hmm. a a lot of praying a lot of like identifying what are the issues Mm -hmm. what are the feelings what are the memories um and then also like a lot of self-regulation in the sense that we were able to be like okay what was my fault what wasn't my fault um what does this person need to actually apologize for what irks me Mm -hmm. about the other person and is it is it something I should actually bring up? Would it be mm-hmm. wise? I think uh, we grew a lot in wisdom yeah. in our approach to each other, um and I think that th- it was a, a long process in the sense that there would be ups and downs. We would get into an argument. Mm-hmm. I remember there was a time we had a big blow up. Both of our parents were there. We're kind of like, "What the heck?" We just shouted at each other across at we like the living room, <laughs> But it was kind of like I was exhausted, and it was small things that kind yeah. of bring up old wounds, mm-hmm. and it was just like, okay let's figure this thing out and I think even till now we still have normal sister to sister like spats where it's mm-hmm. just like oh you shouldn't have done this mm-hmm. or whatever but I think we deal with it in such a more healthy way mm-hmm. because we're not bringing so much baggage yeah. to it and it's we're not a lot holding, easier to say sorry now yeah and we're not holding on to well you did this mm-hmm. back in you know 2008 <laughs> it's like let go let go literally, <laughs> please <laughs> um and so I think we've also gotten to this stage where We've been able to have really hard conversations with each other. Mm. And I think it's come with you. I, I Sorry, the biggest thing that has helped our relationship is me no longer mothering you like i i genuinely think eldest daughter syndrome and me being in that position of mother is what was bringing the dysfunction into our relationship because it was i couldn't both play the mother and the sister role and so we kind of had to be like you know what i can't mother you anymore Mm -hmm. and as much as it would bring me anxiety to be like okay mary's out but i don't know where she is and i don't know what time she's coming back i couldn't then text you and be like hey when are you coming back Mm -hmm. because it was just like no you need to leave this this is no longer your area of operation like step off and mm-hmm. I think that was what was causing the dysfunction and I commend you for that because we live just the two of us in the house yeah so if I was out and I didn't tell you where I was it's not like you could be like to mommy where's Mary yeah do you know what I mean yeah just just you yeah and I, th- I think even our parents came to that understanding before I did mm-hmm. it was actually very hard for me to abdicate that role yeah um our parents came to really like i remember once our mom or our dad was like to me why are you so worried about mary and i was thinking don't you even dare <laughs> because of you mm. like i'm mm. so worried about her because of you yeah, like yeah. if no one worries you who, like who's gonna worry um but then i like they were just like mary's not i think it was our dad she's like mary's not your child yeah and i was like Well, it's very convenient for you you to say that that now, isn't (laughs) it? Because I feel like I've been raising her my whole life. But then it was also like, as much as you want to hold on to this whole, you know, I've been raising Mary my whole life, it feels like um, that wasn't something you should have been doing in the first place. Mm. And as much as you are grieved, you also need to let that thing go. Yeah. Right. You need to let go of the control. You need to let go of that role fully. Mm -hmm, mm -hmm. Um, And even though it feels like it's your default Mm -hmm. to set into that, you can't do this anymore. I feel like that your differentiation from being my mum and my sister also helped m- my relationship with mummy as well. Mm. And dad as well. Mm. It was more like they're not my friends, mm. even though they are they're not, yeah. do you know what I mean? And yeah. it, it kind of let me take like that friendly sister thing that I had with mummy and kind of like shift it towards you as well and give her the respect that she needed as well. Cause I could be cheeky to mummy, yeah. but now- And you, you used not, to be. Yeah, yeah, let's, let's, yeah. Let's put that out yeah, there. Yeah, yeah, yeah. I was very cheeky to mummy because she was my sister. Like in yeah. my head, it was like- Literally, Mary would say some things to our mom that I'd be like, you wouldn't even say that to me. Yeah. Like, you, what? Yeah, yeah. Because she'd take it. Because yeah. she, well, she's my friend. Yeah. <laughs> I remember I came back from Guinea and I'd hear the way you talked about, but I was thinking, if it was me, <laughs> my mom would have flung me off the balcony. Like, oh yeah, that was that was another frustrating thing. But then it, I understood that uh-huh. the dynamics had been shifted. Yeah, because it was just me and her for three yeah. years. Yeah, yeah. So it was it was we have been through stuff. We have, and I think also distance has made us a lot stronger now because I live on the other side of the country we have to actually work to it's not like we're in the rooms next to each other anymore where I see you in the kitchen hi hi we spoke to each other today it's fine kind of thing now it's like oh I haven't called Courtney let me call her or Courtney will drop me a message like hey you're right call me when you're free kind of thing it's just making that effort which and it may sound really simple like to some people but genuinely as two siblings that Grew up close but didn't grow up intimate. Mm. That yeah, yeah. is a big, like a really big yeah, yeah, yeah. deal. I think we just kind of made it as if, like, oh, we're in the same house, so we must be close. Yeah, we're inevitably. In, like, and you I know, know when she goes back. To the you toilet. know I've got like, my back. I know when she baths. I know, like, yeah, so of course I know her. Of course I know her. Else, and it's like, but you don't know me on the inside. Mm. So I'm glad that you let me be your friend. Yeah, me um, too. Yeah, and you're a good friend to have too. So. <laughs> <laughs> Thank you for listening to us having this conversation. Um I just want to say I I'm really proud of you. I really am. Like the person you've become and grown into. I know it hasn't been easy, but you really inspire me like you really do Mary because I think you've been through so much and I know what you've been through because I too lived it Mm -hmm, do you get mm -hmm. what I mean but also like even past that as an individual you've been through so much and you've worked so hard to get through it and I just I do admire your character I admire your um history and your approach to people because even even though maybe deep in your heart you may have been thinking you hate me you weren't malicious do you know what I mean, mm. like, and I think that's just a, a great attest, like a great testament to how loving of a person you are, and that's why when you decided to become a midwife, I was like, this is so fitting because you are probably the most caring and nurturing person I know. Mm. Like, when I think about genuinely a lot of the affection that I feel like I didn't receive from a lot of the women in my life, I received from you. Mm. Like, there would be times where I'd be wailing in bed because I'm genuinely like, having a panic attack, and it would be you that would come and hold me, and I just remember thinking like this 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 love that I got which is why I dedicated you to like the book to you who mm. was like this love and this affection and this care that you showed me even when it was really hard genuinely did save me like I remember when I did have my you know unalive attempt um suicide attempt and it was you that called the ambulance and it was you that was like making sure that it was okay and it when everyone kind of wanted to give up on me it was you who was even like in times when it was hard and I was in the wrong it would be you who advocated for me and as my younger sister you didn't have to. Mm. And I think even in times when I wasn't that for you, you were that for me. And mm. I think even though that's a big thing to shoulder as a younger sibling, you did it well. Thank you for being my sister. Thank you. You're welcome. That's a lovely. And thank you for coming on the podcast. Ew. So I hope oh, that wait, this comes. Oh yeah. Let me give you let me see. It's say, okay. They it's me. fine. It's Courtney, fine. Thank Daniela, you so much for um I love her. She is amazing. Courtney, you have actually blessed so many people's lives and you've blessed mine as well. Look at us holding. Can you see the. the affection. The I affection. used to hate you. Wow. You have blessed my life like tremendously on so many levels. I have a lot of respect <laughs> for you. If you laugh, I'll stop. <laughs> Sorry. Yeah, okay, fine. <laughs> uh, I have a lot of love for you on many different levels. Like, in like different realms. I have a lot of love for you, a lot of pride for you. I am so proud of you. I will be the first thank person you. to be she to is. in your trumpet. Like ask anybody that, that is a celebrity. Like, <laughs> come on, everybody. This is my sister and I am proud to call you my sister and my friend, honestly. So thank you.
0: You're welcome. And You're thank welcome. you, Renee, for letting
1: me be the host today. Yeah. Um. So honestly, thank you so much uh, for listening to this episode. Thank you for, um... Plugging into the sisterhood, our sisterhood story um, as biological sisters and now friends, but also um, we hope that this has blessed you in some way. If you would like to join the conversation and the sisterhood, please follow us on all social media platforms. Our handles will be down below individually, but you can also follow at to my sisterhood on Twitter Facebook, hey Facebook, who's <laughs> that. Instagram is what I was trying to right. say, <laughs> it's all Facebook. TikTok, yeah, it's yeah. all meta isn't it, TikTok, LinkedIn, literally search to my sisters, to my sisterhood and you'll find us and also sign up to the mailing list so that you can get weekly glow and grow tips, we hope that you enjoy the episodes that are to come, in a couple of weeks you'll be hearing from Renee and her two sisters mm-hmm. so that would be very very fun. And as always, keep glowing and growing. (laughs) We're Renee. And Courtney, your online sisters. And we're on a mission to help women across the world become the best version of themselves through the power of sisterhood. That's why we've written To My Sisters, a guide to building lifelong friendship. From working out how to achieve your dreams to setting boundaries and managing expectations, this essential handbook will show you how to fully embrace the power of friendship and community. Packed with practical advice and personal stories from our decade-long friendship, we'll give you all the tools and advice you need to find, make and keep lifelong friendship. To My Sisters is available now online and at all good bookshops.